Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They rubbish. There's buggers over here. <laughs> Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Second Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday, February 6, 2023. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen all here. Start your new week, first full week of February. Nick Roush, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Doing well. Uh, Ready, uh, excited for... uh... Another Friday, or another Friday, another week. Oh, yikes. Yeah, yeah. That's, goes. Bad. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start over. That's, that's Welcome really in, Kentucky bad. Roll Call. Roush, how you doing this morning? Oh, I'm doing great, TJ. Had a nice nice little Sunday. Was blogging away. I watched, uh, I, I, I did enjoy last night. I, I was just scrolling through Twitter to see what the folks were talking about. And so I, I, I bounced back and forth between um, the clash at the Coliseum, which I'm sure Scoots was locked in on, um, which is just it's, – it's odd seeing such a short little track for a NASCAR race. But um, I got some of that, and then I flipped it over, and they were doing uh, 50 years of hip-hop, honoring that at the Grammys. And that was that was fun. Had two short out there. Had uh, Busta Rhymes, which Busta Rhymes, when he does his thing, is just incredible. Uh, Nelly, like it was, it was the, the the hip hop that I remember back in my day. TJ, I, oh, and Missy Elliott did uh, "Out of Control." That's that's fun too. Oh boy, good stuff. I, I wonder why we hadn't heard from those people in such a long time. I, I don't know. Uh, we should be hearing about them more often than the 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 kids these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their stuff isn't any good. Mm-hmm. Scoots, how are you? I am. You know what, TJ? Let's go ahead and just give the people what they want. I'm pumped. My team got the big dub this weekend. I am super, super ecstatic. It was a huge win. Roush is right, though. I was locked into the Clash last night. That was exciting. A quarter-mile track, if you haven't ever watched the Clash. So exciting. Although, the second half of the race last night was nothing but uh, penalty flags. Or penalty flags. Nothing but cautions. So, that made it not so much fun. But, yeah. All in all, great weekend. I'm super excited to come in here today. Wow, that that sounds great. Uh, good, good for you. Glad How are you, you TJ? Good 
Uh, I'm doing I'm doing great. Weekend was was good. Went by too quickly as they so often do. Uh, Scoots, I, I don't know if I've ever had more people. Probably have, although I can't off the top of my head think. <laughs> yes, I know uh, where you're going with this. Just ask me about your Friday night. They Same. Were, <laughs> they were interested if that was a bit, if that's if that was actually your Friday night plans. Uh, they wanted to know more information if that's something that you do frequently. <laughs> uh, I, I've never had a radio conversation. I think get so much interaction just from personal friends and family members wanting to to know more so how did how did the the tv show not live pd it's got a different name now on patrol live one patrol live how did your how did one patrol live go on friday night on patrol live but yes it was it was really good unfortunately for me there was not a dui situation so i didn't get to Uh, practice man because i'm not just gonna get up randomly and do it i mean i've got to wait for the action on the tv and then i'll just follow suit follow instructions how do you have a four-hour tv show without one dui right? test it was crazy yeah i know we on a friday night we only got so no dui incidents and then we only got one police chase on last friday's on patrol there were four police chases in like the first hour and a half so all in all it was a pretty disappointing episode oh boy that's that's a bummer to hear we i was just Friday night rolled around, and I was doing my own thing, and it was fine. But just kept thinking, like, I hope Scoots is just really having a good time drunk, <laughs> doing some field sobriety tests in the comfort of his own living room, running into bottles on the ground. Uh, and then Indiana won for you on Saturday. So just figured it was, it was a really great weekend. But, yeah, bummer to hear that, that the, the TV show didn't have any of that for you. For what it's worth... I would have passed a DUI test with flying colors because I did not drink that much on Friday night. I think I only had two beers on Friday. I don't know what was wrong with me. I felt a little dehydrated, so I actually started drinking water, which is really weird for me. Yeah, that's really strange. Did you at least tie one on Saturday celebrating the Hoosiers? I got pretty litty on Saturday, yeah. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Did you rush your living room floor? Actually, no. I So I had the game at Midway. So I actually had to listen to the last or the second half of the game on the way home. I got home with, I don't know, 35, 40 seconds left. So enough to give me some little bump bumps in my chest watching the last 40 seconds or so. But yeah, it was exciting. And then actually I wasn't home long. My brother texted me and he was like, hey, we're going to do a cash poker game tonight. You want to come play? And I was like, oh, not really. Got to wake up early. Ended up going out there and almost tripled my money. So yeah, it was a great weekend. Great weekend. Wow. Everything coming, everything coming up, Scoot. Come on, uh, and all you had to do was jinx our KRC parlay to make it happen. That was not me. What's gonna happen is gonna happen. Let's let's get off the whole jinxy no. cat situation and my you, pick loss. So it didn't matter. It, at the end of the day, it didn't matter. Yeah, but you gotta stop being a jinxy cat. That wasn't you a jinxy do. cat. You do need to stop being a jinxy cat. Let me fill the folks in. So I, TJ had texted something to our group chat about Vanderbilt. And all I did was text back and say, wow, how'd they pull away like that? There was like a 56 seconds left. They were up nine. They were up 11 with 50 seconds left. 11, yeah, even worse. Were, it did, did, was not able to cover uh, after a last-second wild air ball shot, rebounded under the basket, scoop and score layup. Uh, it, was, it was one of the worst betting beats, and our parlay is small potatoes. It'd still be nice to win one, so it's not the end of the world. 
But for people that bet Vanderbilt, which kind of a wild story for me, uh, people that bet Vanderbilt, that was one of the worst sports betting beats I've ever seen. 11 seconds left, or 11 points with 50 seconds left, and you don't cover four and a half. It's uh, truly, truly unbelievable how it all unfolded. I did not end up individually betting that game. That was going to be my big bet of the day. Sizable wager was going to be placed on that game. DraftKings is doing this new stupid thing, though, that where, like, when I'm in Kentucky, I like to get my bets lined up. And then when I get over at Indiana, I just hit place bet. And they're doing this this new thing where if you log in in one state, they make you recheck your location, which is something that they used to make you do. No big deal. But now when you log in in one state, go to a new one, and you recheck your location, it, like, puts you in a – anywhere from a 15 to 30 minute timeout where it's like, you must wait this long before we can recheck your location, which is really dumb, which I think what I'm just going to have to unfortunately do is I won't be able to get my bets preloaded. I'll just, once I get into Indiana, then I'm going to have to log in. Well, and you can, do the whole you thing. can preload them. You just can't log in to do it. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Preload yeah. them, then log in and then have them there. Well, I'm just going to play it safe and not even open my DraftKings app until I get over there. Dumb move by DraftKings, really annoying. But we went to the Science Center on Saturday. Roush seemed yeah. to be with the rest of the city of Louisville Saturday morning because there. Yeah, that 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 I saw you there, and I was thinking like, man, Science Center, great place during this time of year. But weekend Science Center is uh, that can be a little little crazy. They're crowded. There was enough space where she was able to go play and do the things she she wanted to be able to do. Uh, and cousins were there. Did and was, you get to the? Nice. Water table part? Water table was open. We just, like, did not choose to go over there. It was just kind of in, like, the corner that we didn't make our way around to. We went to pretty much everywhere else in the whole place. I was disappointed. I wanted to go to the water table. So that wasn't strategic? It's like, um, you know, you'll be able to – they've got little, like, water spigots to where you stick the ball in and it shoots it up in the air to, like, a track up top, and then it winds around down. Duke will spin. Most of his day there, if, if we get to go. The the other cool thing that I, I, I would be really good when they get a little older is they have a station where you can make a rocket ship, like a paper rocket ship, and then you stick it on this air cannon and it shoots it across four story. You know, like it's this huge kind of uh, atrium area and you can try to shoot it through a couple targets. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, we saw that. That looked that looked neat. The Science Center is is a cool cool spot. Uh, but point being, I got logged out of the DraftKings account. I did. I like went over the sixty five bridge, but you know we were kind of on a timeline that we needed to get to the Science Center. So I was gonna have all the bets loaded up, ready to go, as I was just gonna make my way over to the Second Street Bridge without stopping, and mm-hmm. then got logged out. And I was like, uh, well, I'm not. I, I mean, I definitely can't wait 20, 25 minutes. Got the kid with me, so probably not going to be able to get this bet in. Uh, oh, well, just not to be. So didn't get the big bet in on Vanderbilt. So I guess it, it cost the parlay, which I wish it would have won, but could have also uh, saved me a bunch of money by not not getting that bet in, by being locked out of my DraftKings account. But yes, yeah, Gooch, you got to quit with the jinx, man. I'm not sure why you haven't learned your lesson yet. Well, you for what, this point you have, for uh, what it's worth, TJ... I did place that big bet for you. I lost my butt on Vanderbilt because of the TJ guarantee. You said you weren't missing your pick this week. 
So well, I threw the, I threw the farm at it. You got nobody to blame but yourself. I threw you the, got nobody to blame but yourself. I threw the farm at it, and I don't blame myself for Jinxie Cat. So you all need to get off my back. Let the Jinxie Cat go. I didn't do it. The players played how they were going to play regardless. You explain just the most unreal backdoor cover of our lifetime. So you explain that. If it's not a jinx, you explain what happened there. <laughs> Vanderbilt, good free throw shooting team, missed three free throws in the final 50 seconds. Uh, you had Ole Miss just drain two threes that didn't even touch any other part besides maybe just a little bit of the nylon. Uh, and then you had just a, the refs doing what they do and blowout games, deciding like, oh, the ball clearly went out on this team. Who cares? They're up big. We'll just give it to the other team instead. Uh, it was it, like if any one of those things don't happen, then Vanderbilt covers. But once you send the text, everything that had to go wrong went wrong. And you're telling me that Jinxie Cats aren't real? It is not my problem that Vanderbilt is incompetent. That has nothing to do with the Jinxie Cat. They just can't play Every, basketball. It was you like literally the, the second that you texted it, everything went the wrong way. I and mean, you don't want to believe in Jinxes. The, the KRC parlay is going to be doomed until I, you come to it, have a little it, bit it, of self-awareness, buddy. If you're going to – you can remark on the game without being a jinxy cat too. Like, I can't believe they pulled away is just the most – you're just asking for it, bud. You're just asking for <laughs> You it, all are yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, I do I believe I do believe in jinxes for what it's worth. I just don't think that that classifies as a jinx. That was the de- de- <laughs> textbook definition of a jinx. Uh, didn't, didn't work out. Oh, well. Glad I didn't get the get the big bet in when it was all said and done. Shout out to Kentucky politicians for keeping our best interests, not allowing us to bet. Come on. State. Saving, saving me a, a, a ton of money. How did the games at Midway go, Scoots? Uh, they went great, 2-0. We got two more wins. I am now 5-0 and on the broadcast of Midway basketball. So I'm starting to wow. think that I'm the good luck charm. Well, oh, probably, yeah, you, are you jinxing them on the, just on the show? Them. Yeah, on the broadcast? Uh, yeah, I want. I have, actually have two midway games next week. I'll go. They'll go 0-2. Almost guaranteed. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, well, good. Well, this is a, a scoots-heavy segment. We're just going to keep with it here. We will talk about Kentucky's win against Florida. Very excited to talk about that. Uh, but, Scoots, how embarrassing to storm the floor against your rival. I, oh, you I, all beat them, like, every year. I am not. Ball. I, I refuse to talk about court storming. I'm 33 years old. I don't care what 18 to 22 year old kids do. I really don't. And 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 oh, I'm gonna get a lot. I'm gonna get a lot of it on the text line. Oh, Indiana. That's not what blue blood programs do. Indiana's not a blue blood. Okay. If Indiana wants to rush the floor after beating the number one team in the country, let Indiana rush the number one rush the floor after beating the number one team in the country. We haven't won a freaking national championship since 1987. So there has got to be a certain point in a season where if the team wants to get excited and players want to rush the floor and fans want to rush the floor, let them do it. Who cares? I am so tired of hearing the freaking court storming police after any time somebody rushes the floor. And it's not just Indiana. Like, it's across college basketball. If somebody wants to rush the floor, let them rush the floor. Why has it got to be a big deal? It, it pisses when, me off. All right, when's the last time you heard it about somebody else besides Indiana? Kansas State rushed the floor against Kansas. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Yeah, it was awesome. Well, so why is that acceptable? And Indiana rushing the floor against Purdue is not. Kansas State didn't even beat the number one team in the country. Kansas yeah, was. It's, it's Kansas State basketball. Indiana is supposed to have a little self-respect. But that, they, that's the problem is you just don't know. You don't realize that 
you're supposed to be a proud basketball program that's supposed to win games like this, but there's just no self-awareness um, by the Indians. But wh- why are we supposed to be that, Roush? Because we have five national championships way back in yeah. the 80s and the 50s? Like, we haven't won anything. And I was born in 89. I haven't seen my – I saw my team in the Final Four one time. You know what I mean? It's like, if, who cares? Let them rush the floor. I'm so sick of that. You seem to care. I'm so mad. Like, I, I, that's all I heard on Saturday. Oh, they're Indiana's rushing the floor. Yeah, that's not was, what blue blood programs do because we're not a blue blood program. Really embarrassing for my you. I, I don't uh, think so. I don't think it was. Maybe that you've, like, diluted your self-worth as a program so much. Maybe that's the issue. Like you're, you're, you know, you kind of have now fallen into all the store, the court stormings have reaffirmed your belief that like, yes, you all are just small potatoes as a program nowadays. I, I mean, I've thought that for years now. I mean, and when, when Indiana starts winning something consistently, then I might change my thought back to, okay, maybe we are a blue blood, but we don't win consistently. That was a huge win on Saturday. I have no problems with the students rushing the floor. No problem at all. too. If, if you think I use in the same ballpark as Kansas State as a basketball program, I'm you know that's not fine. far off. Uh, okay, you you hear it, you heard it here first. I just wouldn't want to give my rival the satisfaction of like, wow, this means so so much to us. See, I talk about this for like ten years. See, I see it the other way. I see it as we just beat you all down for forty minutes on the floor. Now we're gonna like add insult to injury, and we're gonna rush the floor on top of that. Did you think it was weird that the officials stormed the floor as well? They were celebrating with everybody? No, they did not. With the way they called the game, they may as well have been. <laughs> oh. Here we go. Here we go. Good, goodness gracious. Just, let, just let me have something. Can I just have something nice? Through. And congrats, nothing fell from the ceilings on Saturday. Pretty big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty, very, very exciting. Uh, no, we're giving you a hard time. The court stormings are embarrassing. We're not joking about that. But it was a nice win for IU. It was a good game. If I were a Purdue fan, I would not be discouraged whatsoever. Oh, no. Hell of a comeback. Good good comeback from them. Showed a lot of fight. Uh, I do think that they're, as where things stand right now, I think they are the the best team in the country. But it doesn't really mean that much for late January, early February to be the best team in the country. But I do think Purdue is, even, even with that loss. But a nice win for Hoosiers, Scoozers, and, uh, you just got to be careful when you're playing an assembly. You never know when you're going to have thousands of people just frantically and dangerously storm the court. You all act like that happens five, six times a season. That won't happen again all year. You don't know. No, I don't know. Tom Nebraska up with some scissors. Does Nebraska come to town or anything like that? You just you never know when IU may storm the floor. Speaking of embarrassing, um, man, Tennessee's offense, they suck. Hey, there's – they were the second best team in the country. I just uh, college basketball not great this year. They had forty six total points in that game, and they won because the officials um, were uh, once again bad and in for the home team. Uh, Wendell Green got just demolished on the game winning three or game tying three point attempt. Uh, no call. I thought Bruce Pearl was going to go over and punch an official. <laughs> so bad, so yeah. bad. I didn't see it live, but obviously I've seen enough replays of it afterwards. That was that's just typical BS Tennessee defense too. Like the guy was trying to like physically kind of hurt him with yeah. a It's like the most dangerous basic... play in basketball is to go under like to take out somebody's legs from underneath him 
And they've made it a point. The worst part was they've even made that a point of emphasis, TJ. Like, we are going to call more fouls if you get underneath a jump shooter and they can, like, roll their ankle on their way down or get hurt on their way down. They've made it a point of emphasis. But refs love to just swallow their whistles at the end of games because they're scared. It was like a subtle hockey check without a wall to check them up against. And But, like, the way he just kind of, like, moved his arms, too, so aggressively. I, I've Even with it being at Tennessee, I, I just don't know how you don't call that. They, he, he got underneath them, didn't give them a landing spot, did some, like, weird things with his arms. Uh, none of it was really, like, a, a, a normal basketball play. And I just – so many different things they could have been like, that was the foul, that was the foul. We had to call it because you did this. And they didn't do any of them, but I, I didn't. I I don't care. Auburn can lose. That's fine by me. Tennessee can lose. That's fine by me. But that was a. I. Ooh, I'd be pretty upset if I were an Auburn fan. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think just it good. is going to be weird um, as we get close. Like I, I'm not paying too close of attention to it now because I'm bad at doing the math and all that sort of stuff. And a lot of things can happen. But we are going to get to a point where we're going to have to pick teams to cheer against for seeding purposes and stuff like that. So if Tennessee takes losses, it's probably, you know, an easier path for Kentucky to, to make sure they're in that, that double buy that race for the two seed sort of deal in the sec tournament. Because um, I think if you look at the standings, Tennessee and Texas A&M are both eight and two. And then there's, I want to say three teams tied at seven and three with Kentucky. So it's kind of a it's kind of a cluster there, uh, all behind Alabama to try to get into that that double buy. So that that's just something we're going to be needing to keep an eye on here as we enter the home stretch of the SEC basketball season. Yeah, and you'll have you needed Auburn probably to lose as well. So true, it, true. It, it it's that was one where it's like, well, if somebody's going to get a loss, that's fine. Auburn's schedule a little tougher than Tennessee's in the final stretch. So maybe it would have been better if Tennessee would have gotten the loss there. But right now, as it stands right now, UK right now, as it stands right now, UK is tied at seven and three, just with Auburn, Florida's behind them. So it's just two at seven and three. They're at six and four. And then a two game cushion on the next teams uh, at five and five, which is Missouri and Arkansas, who Kentucky does take on Arkansas tomorrow night. Arkansas, they, uh, they almost had a South Carolina whoopsie daisy too. They were up nine at half and then were trailing with four minutes to go. Um, had to hold on for a two point lead. South Carolina had three shots to take the lead at the end and just couldn't couldn't do it. Yeah, I don't think South Carolina scored a point in the final three minutes. Otherwise, they probably would have beaten Arkansas, and that wouldn't. I, I was that that would have been better for UK. I think if South Carolina had pulled off the upset. Now, some people don't like playing teams coming off losses. I understand that. But Kentucky right now, at least I, I think it's – I'm now it's not too early to be looking at the bracketologies and stuff like that. Not that these people still don't get things wrong. They do. But now it's – you're you're within really a month of, of some teams playing their last game or going into to conference tournament play. So now I think it is time to, to be in the lookout. And you're competing with spots for – Arkansas, at least where things stand right now. If UK wins enough games, take care of business, wins the game they're supposed to win, it's not really going to matter. 
uh, the, those things will take care of itself. But as it stands right now, you're, con- you're competing for bubble spots with Arkansas, so I don't think it would have been the worst thing in the world for them to lose. Uh, now that would have hurt them in some of the numbers, and UK plays Arkansas this week, so maybe you want them better in some of the numbers, but uh, eh, you know, who cares? Personal preference for all those different yeah. things. So UK's in a fine spot right now over the mm-hmm. halfway point in SEC play with that Florida game being the first game in the back half of SEC play. So they should, they control their own destiny to get a first round by. You've got to be one of the top four seeds in conference right now. They are, and uh, they have the tiebreakers over two teams in front of them, Tennessee and A&M. Uh, still one more game against Tennessee. They don't play A&M again, so that tiebreaker will hold throughout the remainder of the season. So UK's in a fine spot. Still, the South Carolina loss is just uh, really, really crazy to think. Otherwise, you'd be 8-2 and two in conference, which would be really good at this point. But it is what it is. We're going to take our first break. We'll come back. We will talk about the game, how UK did get its seventh conference win with the dub over the Florida Gators. Six Don't go straight in wow. SEC play. Yeah. You got to love it. You got to love it. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. Oh, DJ Walker. We'll be right back. And love is a prize. So wake me up when it's all over. When I'm wiser and I'm older. All this time I was finding myself and I. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. You lollygag the ball around the empties. You lollygag your way down to first. You lollygag in and out of the dugout. Do you know what that makes you, Larry? Lollygaggers. Lollygaggers. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Radio. You won't be lollygagging if you get yourself to Thornton's, get some coffee, get a breakfast sandwich, some fresh fruit, whatever you need to get your day started off right. Maybe you're dragging. It's Monday. Five-hour energy at Thornton's. Go ahead. Why not? They are all throughout Louisville. Make sure you're a Refreshing Rewards member. If you're not, to entice you to sign up, they want to give you a free breakfast and a free drink. So, like that's incentive enough. If you already are a Refresh Rewards member, you know about all the great deals and specials and savings you'll have each and every time you go into a Thornton's and you'll save at the pump each and every time. So who couldn't save a few extra uh, monies on gasoline? That's what they'll do at Thornton's for their members. Check them out today and get your text on into the Thornton's text line. It was a busy weekend on the Thornton's text line, UK1, so it's a little quieter than if UK were to lose. And Roush, did you ever get nervous there in the second half that the Cats may lose? They were up 11 at halftime, had double-digit lead for for multiple stretches in the second half. and uh, But Florida made it interesting. They are late and, and had a chance to, to tie. Were you nervous? Did you think that it may not go UK's way? No, no, I wasn't nervous. Um, I admittedly, though, the the nature of which I was watching, I wasn't as locked in. Like, I, I'm most locked in when I'm just, like, in my recliner at my house. But I was uh, at a, an event and then went to for the first half and then, uh, like, fundraising deal at the sales. And then the second half was at uh, 
uh, sports bar. So, you know, you, you kind of get in the, you're chatting, you're watching, and you're cheering. So, it, it not as locked in, so I wasn't as nervous, uh, admittedly. But um, I still, like, Kentucky felt like the better team all night long. And um, I think the, the thing I appreciated most about the game is felt like they were the better team and they weren't they weren't winning in the way that they had been um oscar shibway was what two of 14 on the night uh antonio reeves wasn't playing particularly well either he only had four points after what 27 the other night so it it, it was it was in a little bit different fashion cj frederick i think when i saw him start to knock down some shots again it's like okay all right feeling good like let's we're, we're back. And then uh and Wallace was just outstanding. So that was uh, a, a great, a great win because it wasn't, there's more than one way to skin a cat. And uh, they, they found another way to, to win and to, to take down Florida in a much needed quad two win at Reparator. Yeah. It seemed they, it's no one win really looks the same for the most part. They're doing really. it. In a bunch of different ways, which can be a, a, a good thing for a team. That can be a really good thing for a team. Um, and I think if this team's record was better, we'd probably think it were a better thing. Some people, I think, take it as a what could be can perceived as a negative, just because you're not you don't you're not as consistent, you're not as reliable. But you could also make a strong case that it's that it's a good thing that, you know, if one person doesn't have it one night, at least, you know, some other people are going to step up. And it was, it was a nice step up game for CJ. Finally, he has some nice moments at Rupp Arena. I still don't think that's his best stuff. I don't think that's the best you can get from him, but still nice to see him show some signs of life. Case and Wallace, you, you missed him down in Oxford and you, you saw why he is just getting so much better every game and he is uh he's becoming a special guard for this Kentucky team and looking like one of the better just versatile guards on both both ends of the court in college basketball that's important this time of the season so that's uh that's also nice to see coming from him uh and then Toppin continues his dominant stretch uh, we've we've been very critical of the four position this year and that dude, more times than not, has delivered, especially as of late. Another double-double for him. And you you can make a case that during this nice stretch for Toppin, Kentucky may have an additional loss here or there, if not for his big play. And I don't think Saturday is any exception, especially when you have such a disappointing performance from Oscar Sheboy, the returning national player of the year, was not good at all. Uh, and it went from, hey, just not going to probably be a scoring option for Kentucky to actually ended up being a little bit of a liability late in the game for UK. It was bittersweet when he fouled out because he was really, really struggling that I don't think it really hurt UK offensively to get him out of the game. Uh, but he was still a body that would make stuff, make things more difficult for Castleton. And then once he was out, you were worried, okay, they're just probably going to throw it to Castleton every time, and he's going to be able to score. And they were able to do that. But the issue was he was able to do that a little bit on Oscar as well. But you got nothing out of him, out of Shibway for the most part. I mean, the rebounds are always a nice thing. Reeve struggled, as Roush mentioned. So it was uh, – you got some really nice performances from some people, 
Other people, not as much. That's what a team should do. Uh, that they People should pick up others when they're not playing well. That's exactly what we had on Saturday. I also wasn't nervous. And, Roush, I was also in an interesting spot where I wasn't able to listen to the game with the sound on whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get to hear Jimmy Dykes. It was a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Uh, weird experience not being able to watch a game with the sound on, like not knowing when they'd call a foul. And, like, sometimes you just notice more when people are standing around because you're like, oh, they must have called a foul because why else would he just be standing there? And you're like, oh, no, wait a second. They're, he's just kind of being lazy right there. So it's a different experience, kind of a unique experience, not listening without the sound. But I didn't really miss it. I didn't miss hearing Jimmy Dykes have to rationalize and make an excuse for, now why would he miss that shot right there? That's a shot in this situation you need to make. And I'm just being a little hyperbolic and taking an extreme example, but that's that's your Jimmy Dykes impersonation. Everything has to have a reason, Roush. Like, how you can't get blown by in this spot. As a defender, you need to know to not have that happen to you. It's like, I'm sure they probably know that, Jimmy. I know that they, they probably don't want to get scored on. Uh, I'm sure they're working to have that not happen. So it was nice not being able to hear him, and I was fine with the performance. Uh, you want to you pull away. You want to blow them out. Looked like you had a few different opportunities to do such. It shouldn't have been as close as a game as it was. But this is a Florida team that's fighting for their tournament life, too. This is a Florida team that has a big opportunity to come in and play at Rupp Arena, coming off their biggest win of the year, beating number two Tennessee. So many Kentucky fans, or unfortunately just too many of them, just assume that like this is a Kentucky story and there's no side characters. It's just all about UK, and you can't take into consideration that other teams may have their own things going on. This Florida team was fighting for their life. Kentucky should have put their foot down on them, and it should not have come down to the final wire, but they gave them a little bit of an inch, a little sliver of hope, and Florida took advantage of it. And they made some nice plays late, too. And thank mm-hmm. goodness Kentucky just had enough counter punches, Roushes, Roushes, Roush to be able to not let them take the lead or come out with a win at Rupp Arena. Uh, so while it was a little disappointing, UK wasn't able to blow them out because, like I said, there was opportunities to do such. It's still impressive to be able to find a way to grind out a win against a team that really, really needed it, probably a little bit more than you, although Cats needed it in a huge way as well. So I'm, I'm happy with it. Six straight conference wins, fine by me. Yeah, and they, it, it, even though Florida hung around, if every time that they got into actually dangerous territory, there was a response. You had the case and wall a step back three with uh, about two and a half minutes ago, and then uh, of all people to go gets into the free throw line, Damian Collins delivered uh, in the final minute, knocked down a couple of clutch free throws after Oscar Sheway had fouled out, um, and you know I I think. Cal says this sometimes, but I think it, it does make sense for all parties involved that Collins does become the, the second five. Um, you know, they've been using Lance at times, sometimes Ugo, but uh, it feels like after the last two games where it's only been five minutes of time for Damian Collins, but the moments haven't been too big for him, and he gives you something different. So uh, Cal said of the game, you know, I'm, I'm playing Oscar too much. That's probably why he's struggling because he's just playing too much. Uh, this is a chance for Collins to, you know, maybe get up to 10 minutes a game. And then instead of Oscar playing 36, it's more like 30 uh, to try to make him most effective. And, it, you know, Collins 
Collins could doing some nice stuff, some nice stuff, and uh, they needed him Saturday night at Rupp. Yeah, the free throws were huge. Is it the first person I want to be potentially going to the line for UK in that spot where you must have those free throws? No, not my first option. But again, I think some people have a tough time remembering how basketball can can work from time to time. Uh, you 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 needed him in just in case something had gone wrong or you needed his defense, his length at that point. And secondly, it's not the first choice, I think, for anybody when you're inbounding the ball in that spot, but there's a reason you can get it to him. He's tall, he's yep. big, he mm-hmm. can jump. Uh, he's a nice safety valve that if you feel like the five seconds is creeping up on you, you can just go throw it his way. So I don't think it was anybody's first choice, but you have him in there because you believe in him to be able to knock down the free throws. You couldn't find option A, B, or C, so you throw it over to Collins, and guess what? He knocked him down. So was it like the there were some people that were really making a mess over the fact that he was the one that was going to go shoot those free throws. He was out there to to knock him down, and he knocked him down. Didn't it potentially go as planned? Uh, If he would have been the one shooting that second set, then Florida wouldn't have got a chance to tie it, which was a hilariously bad possession from Florida. Uh, I'm glad that when they threw up that three with about 15, 16 seconds left, that it was nowhere close to going into the game. But Toppin had missed the the free throws that that would have made that a two-possession game, and Florida would have never gotten the chance there. And then Kaysen was, I think, the last one to go and, and make the free throws late in that game. So people that were upset that it went to Collins' hands to shoot those free throws, why? You know, he he made them. He did exactly what he was supposed to do in that spot and in that situation. And proud, proud for him. I'm sure that was a really cool moment for him. Totally agree, Roush. You need to see more of him moving moving forward. Uh, Similar, I'd want like I want the arrow to see more minutes. We didn't see that on Saturday. I'm not asking for anything crazy, and I feel the same way for Collins. But I think even more so. I think he should probably get more minutes. Um, you know, because at least five, five his role range. is clearly defined, right? Yeah. Like there's not. It's not some sort of like, well, he can do a little bit of this, he can do a little bit of that. And it's like, no, he is. Uh, that's exactly like just a five that is different than Oscar. Still can rebound well, but a good athlete who can kind of get in passing lanes and uh, provide length, too, that could be a problem for somebody like Colin Castleton that Oscar just doesn't have in his arsenal. Yeah, I, and I agree. And it changes kind of the way that you play defensively. It's going to change the way teams want to – what they want to do against you from their offensive standpoint. Uh, rebounding, he, you know, he could be a little stronger with the ball and you're probably going to get pushed around a little bit when you have him in. But it'll, you'll have to kind of collapse down, and it can kind of just change the the dynamics and the tempo and the style of the game. doesn't necessarily even have to be worse, even if you know he does get pushed around in the paint. It means you'll have to probably come down, double, sink in. Could leave you a little more vulnerable at the perimeter, but longer shots from the perimeter could lead to longer rebounds. You're probably a better team as a transition team with Collins in the game. So just it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing, that it's going to change kind of the style of the play, of of the game and how teams are going to play against UK. Uh, it's just a change of pace. It's it's something that kind of could break up the game in a different way. I'd like to see more of it, and definitely would like to see more of it if Oscar is as bad as he was on Saturday. That was 
that was a kind of a wild game from an Oscar Sheboy perspective. He was never particularly great, but in the first half, he was passing. You know, he found CJ for a three. He found Toppin on that little he, – he went baseline and then – That was an like awesome had, play. That was a great pass. Looked yeah. like he had nowhere to go with the ball, but then found Toppin, passed it to him, led to an easy bucket. Uh, he was doing some nice things without scoring where you were saying, this is fine. Like, then if he doesn't score, he doesn't score. He only had two points after, what, the final 30 – or the final – he scored two points in the first 30 seconds and only had two points the remainder of the game. Pretty wild coming from Oscar. But when he was finding some other people and being involved, that was all right. Later in the game, he passing wasn't as good for him. He was I don't know if it was just the players weren't open or he was becoming a little bit more impatient. Uh, but he, he stopped finding guys, so that hurt. And then he just started turning the ball over. And that wasn't very good either. And it got to a point where he just, it, I don't really know how much he needed to be in the game, but that's a tough spot for the coaching staff. Do you take out your national player of the year, especially when Castleton was starting to heat up? Part of it was heating up just because I thought Oscar wasn't really playing him as well as he should have been playing him. Uh, but does that mean you bring somebody else in and it's going to be better against him? So it was a tough spot for UK's coaches. But Oscar went from, hey, I'm not scoring, but I'm still being an asset to I'm not scoring and I'm actually kind of hurting things, uh, at least in my opinion, that's where things went. And I don't blame, again, the coaches for not taking him out because that's a really tough spot to be in. But, Roush, that was a little concerning. That was really, really not great stuff there from Oscar. No, no, it, it was not. And, and that's like mentally seeing somebody who's longer than you score over you frequently like there there is a cumulative effect right and, and i think it just got to him i think it just got to him um and we, we've seen the frustrations at times this year he's a little bit more animated when he is getting frustrated yeah, you saw a lot of that saturday um so it it wasn't his best form and he still had 15 rebounds which is just the crazy part of it all um but 14 shots 12 misses like that Obviously, something was off, and I, I'm I'm just always a, a big fan of a quick reset, and that I think that needs to probably be added a little bit more to the arsenal. Like, hey, uh, like going forward, Cal should be comfortable enough to put in Collins for a three or four minute stretch just to let Oscar cool his head and like recollect himself. Because I feel it really just felt like he got overly frustrated uh, because he couldn't do much with Castleton's link. And, and it, it was just a spiral. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. Um, it, it, and like he wasn't, and the nice thing was it wasn't, he, he couldn't get anything to fall. Some of it was bad luck. Some of it was a combination. You got to give Castleton and his link some credit. And then some of it's a combination of that bad luck. But you also probably think that Oscar's probably in his own head a little bit. But, I mean, how many of his shots just hit every part of the rim or look like it was going in or it was an Oscar shot that we've seen him knock down time and time again and it just hit, you know, barely, barely scratched the back part of the iron and then it ends up coming off the rim differently than, than normal. Some of it was a little bit of bad luck, but you also got to credit Castleton. This is the type of defender and type of player that Oscar has struggled against and he'll get another matchup against Castleton. 
later in this season, and it's going to be a, a tough one for him. But I agree with you. Just get him out. Let him settle down. Let it – Let you know, hey, it's all right. You, you, as long as you're rebounding and you're playing hard defensively, we don't care about the scoring. If you have, if you're in a position to score, go ahead and take it, but don't feel like you got to. And that was the nice thing about his game was it wasn't really hurting UK. He was still missing every single shot, but it wasn't a priority to try to get him the ball or try to have the offense go through him. And that was one disappointing thing about that stretch where Florida was coming back is there was just this probably I don't know two to three minute stretch where I thought. UK was trying to go to Oscar a little too much offensively. The offense was kind of getting bogged down a little bit. Then he had a little case of the butterfingers, and he was couldn't hold on to it and was turning it over, and they were having some trouble with the entry passes, which has been a thing all season. And that was one stretch where I wish they just would have taken a timeout or during one of the media timeouts just been like, stop. If it gets, you know, if Oscar gets a rebound, Oscar, feel free to put it back up. But we are not making him a focal point here. Because he can't do anything right now. Like he, he said, he, you know, and that's no, no, nothing against you, Oscar. Just play your role of defense and rebounding, but we're not going to him. Because they did such a good job the entire game, not making that a point to go to him. And there was that weird stretch there in the second half, late in the second half, where it was like feed it to Oscar, feed it to Oscar. And that was one thing that I definitely would have changed and done differently. But he had a bad game. And the good news is Kentucky survived with him having a bad game. Uh, a lot of people were disappointed UK didn't blow them out or pull away when they had their chances. It, I, I'm right there. You know, I wish they would have too. It would have been more fun watching a 20-point win than sweating mm-hmm. it out there late. But you got virtually nothing offensively from your offensive player. Best One of your best players, uh, but on the offensive end from him, if you get just an average from him, you you do blow Florida out. If you get yeah, just even yeah. slightly below average from him, you do blow Florida out. Uh, you didn't, and you still found a way to win. You never trailed. Those are those are those can be taken as positives, yeah. Roush, for even as it being as ugly as it was in real time. Well, and my, my thing too with a lot of like the the kind of hidden numbers that you miss out on some of these uh, the the. Oscar's going to shoot for par for the most. Uh, I, got, I, I I do feel like we're getting more of these uh, frustrating nights for Oscar, but for the most part, uh, you know, he's still a double-double guy. He's still going to get about 12 points, 12 boards. Um, but the, the part that I think is significant, it feels like we're seeing it more consistently now, is they're just the way they're shooting the ball from the free throw line. 11 to 13. like that that, And they needed every one of those down the stretch. Uh, Saturday night. That's that's the kind of stuff that early on in the year they were shooting like a team that wanted to lose in heartbreaking fashion in March Madness, and now uh, they're 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 up for the challenge. They're they're stepping up to the plate and and seeing free throws in big moments. Yeah, and that's good to see too. Closing out games was an issue for this team. Now they're yeah, finding yeah. a bunch of different ways to do that. Uh, and again, you know, we'll we'll have to monitor Oscar. Hopefully, this was just a bad game, and he can get back. He'll he'll have another big scoring night somewhere along the way. I'm I'm sure of it. And I think it's a better matchup for him against Arkansas too. So it could be as as early as Tuesday that he gets back to his winning ways. But it was nice to see some other people step up. Obviously, Collins in a very limited role did some nice things. But uh, as I mentioned earlier on, Toppin was just huge. When he wants to play aggressively, sky's the limit for him. He can do a lot of nice things. Uh, 
I did not have a problem with Reeves not playing. I swear people just find anything to hold on to and complain about. Uh, if you wanted Reeves to play, I think you're entitled to your opinion, and I think you can make a case that if you had him out there offensively late in the game, you know, it would have been interesting to see. But to argue with Calipari's rationale and reasoning and think that like you're much you're so much more correct than he really is not a good look for folks' self-awareness or at least just their their ball knowledge uh, because Reeves was getting backdoored to Bolivia. Uh, he was just a liability defensively. And you could say, hey, we can put up with that because he can do some nice things offensively. If that's your opinion, I'm totally all right with that. But you can't ignore the fact that he was a huge liability defensively. And then Wheeler was doing some nice things from an offensive standpoint. CJ was knocking down some threes, so you did have a shooter in that aspect. Uh, but way too many people made a big deal, Roush, about Reeves not getting enough minutes, in their opinion. Which, I'm fine with Reeves being on the floor, but you can't not dismiss how much of a liability he was defensively. Uh, he has issues with covering teams that are going to do that. You know, five out, everybody kind of is liable to cut at any given time. Uh, he is, at times, caught napping, gets beat, leads to two points for the opposing team. And it's not like Kentucky's offense went to no man's land when he wasn't in. You had other people scoring. You had other I mean, options offensively. My, my big thing is it, it, I, I'm going to get upset if nobody else can hit a shot, and he's seemingly the only one that can. But Frederick, three of six from three. Wallace and Toppin each knocked down threes. Like it wasn't – you weren't desperate for his three-point shooting ability, but the, the layups were – the layups were cutting me deeper than than nobody being able to knock down an open shot. So uh, in, in that one game setting, I'm fine. You know, I like I I know some people like that that are really hung up on the line. Like I, I think it's a good thing having a little bit of uh not inconsistent, but like using different combinations to win. Like it doesn't always have to be the same five, right? Like it just it doesn't have to. And I think that's that's valuable right now that they're able to use different combinations of win. And it's also not like Reeves didn't play. I mean, he played 20 minutes, you know, like it just, it, he wasn't playing as well as the the others. And like, I didn't think Wheeler either was, um, you know, a huge detriment one way. Like he was playing fine. Like there wasn't anything out there. Where I was just like, damn it. Wheeler's at it again. Like, no, he was fine. Uh, they were playing well. Uh, but the, the, the backdoor stuff was infuriating. I understand why Cal, Pulled the trigger on him, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make a big stink over it because, for the most part, uh, I, I would imagine that Reeves is still gonna play a lot against Arkansas, and you know he's probably gonna shoot better too in that game and score like 18 points or something like that. Um, so that that's. I only. I don't. I I can't get bothered by it if it's uh, just a one game off and things aren't going well. Same thing with Oscar. Like if they would have taken Oscar out and he would have played less. I wouldn't be mad at it because he was playing poorly. It's 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 another thing though if you get in the doghouse and you stay in there for multiple games. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, the idea that like Cal is also doing any sort of mind games or anything like that is just ridiculous. Antonio Reeves dominated against Ole Miss, looked really really good. Uh, it wasn't the same type of game against Florida, 
so he didn't he didn't play as much. Uh, why you know why in one instance would he need or want Reeves to look like a star, and then the next time like you know it's just nonsensical that that is really really dumb thinking from some people. Uh, and I agree with you. I, I think it's very likely Reeves ends up having a huge role on Tuesday. There's a chance that they, they could need him to have a huge role on Tuesday. My only issue with Reeves and playing time and minutes and roster is I, I, I sometimes think they need to be quicker to get him in the game. I People, I've made it clear, I don't care if he starts or doesn't start, but also don't think you have to wait like six five or even five minutes to get him in. Sometimes I don't think you need to wait two mm-hmm. to just get him in. Uh, as long as he's playing enough minutes, it doesn't matter if he's starting or not starting. 19's a little bit fewer than you would think, but like, did you watch the game? Did you, you know, did, did you see what was going on during the game for why that number ended up being 19? Then it makes sense. Again, I think more times than not, if you're just telling me a number in my head, I would think that number should be more than 19. Wasn't on Saturday, and that's okay. It worked out well for the team, and, and UK was still able to do a lot of nice things with Reeves on the bench. Uh, maybe it could have been better if he's in, but maybe also you become worse defensively if he's in, uh, because at times you were worse defensively when he was in. But we can talk more about that in hour two. We'll get to the Thornton's text line as well, see what you all had to say about the game over the weekend. We appreciate everybody listening along, and another hour of KRC coming up next on the Big X. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. On your Monday morning, hope you're having a great start to your day. We appreciate you listening along with us here on the Big X. We go 7 to 9 Monday through Friday, replay the show 9 to 11, and make sure you're listening wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Kentucky Roll Call. Fun first hour, uh, recapping the weekend, and then Kentucky's win over Florida. We'll do more of that in hour number two. We'll read Thornton's text line, and we'll remind you about our friends at Shady Rays, the best sunglasses in 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 the planet, in the galaxy that you could possibly find. Polarized sunglasses, not a huge price tag, but the quality is where it needs to be. Go to ShadyRays.com, use promo code BIGX for 25% off. They've got replacement pair promises, 30-day money-back guarantees. Uh, they're helping feed hungry folks throughout the country. A lot of really nice things going on at Shady Rays, and you can learn more when you go to ShadyRays.com. Use promo code BIGX at checkout for 25% off. Uh, all right, do you want to get to the text line, Roush, or what do you want to bring up to start hour number two today? Um, the story that you're going to be uh, hearing about for most of the day on Sports Talk Radio is uh, Jaden Rashada. The athletic did kind of a a deep dive into his recruitment to get the nitty gritty details. And, uh, I, 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 did, I got the bare bones 
but like any athletic story, it's hard to get to kind of the bottom of it. But essentially, they uh, his people did a good job at creating a bidding war between Miami and Florida, and that's uh, almost to the kid's detriment because it kind of opened with him struggling at the Elite 11 because everybody just kept asking him about how he gets the monies. You get it all up front at the time. But some of the wildest parts of the story, though, are that in the $13 million deal that the, the Gator Collective signed him for, the stipulations of the contract, like they, they were asking so very little in return. Uh, so he would get $500,000 uh, basically at signing day. And after that, you just get paid monthly around 250 k and then it increases uh, throughout his time. So all of his stipulations were you had to be, he had to be a residence in Gainesville, at least one branded Twitter post and one branded Instagram post per month, eight fan engagement events per year. Um, none would last longer than two hours. So that's usually like in-person appearances, uh, social media hangouts, uh, but only 80 year, not even one a month. And then autograph up to 15 per- pieces of merchandise per year. Uh, Devin Leary was signing uh, autographs at KS Bar on Saturday in one of his engagement events. Um, I bet he signed 15 pieces in uh, five minutes. <laughs> like it's 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 just crazy to me that like that's all they were asking in return for the 13 million dollars. And oh yeah, go be an awesome quarterback. Kind of you know, part of the deal. But um, I, I'm sure folks are going to be uh, there's going to be takes. There's going to be a lot of takes from this this article. And he ended up going to Arizona State. Forks up. Uh, if you're if you're Florida. You didn't get them. It's a little embarrassing how it all played out. But at least he didn't go to Miami. Like, you know, you you successfully prevented him from going to one of your bigger rivals. So it, it wasn't all for naught, I suppose. Didn't go to Miami. Is Herm Edwards it's, still out at Arizona State? No. No, hmm. it's um, the guy that was Washington's offensive coordinator, I think, this year. Kenny Dillingham. No, no Oregon's. Kenny Dillingham is his name. Um, he's in his first year. Uh, Rashad's dad went to Arizona State in the 90s. So there, there's at least connection there. But uh, out of all of this bidding, so he had a $9.5 million with Miami. Then he ends up getting $13 million to go to Florida. And then now um, no nil money at Arizona State. I'm sure he's going to eventually get nil money. But there wasn't some sort of, big contract to, to get him there according to the people at the athletic surprised he didn't want to go to uh it seems like warm weather was high on his priority list a lot of money in warm weather high on his priority list for recruitments he didn't want to go to minnesota to play quarterback what was no. minnesota's no pitch to, yeah. to him it's kind of kind of weird right uh tcu was the other one so dallas pretty warm but um he's a california kid you know uh, it's probably going to be the best for him, like just to be in a place where the spotlight isn't as bright. And, um, uh, also the Pac 12, I feel like you could probably a w- little bit easier to win than at a place like Florida or Miami. Miami, too, the pressure to be awesome there right away. I, I know that there's obviously lots of pressure in the SEC and at Florida, but, um, feels like Mario Cristobal. I mean, he lost. So uh, the other college football news from the weekend, he fired Josh Gaddis. 
And then his defensive coordinator, Kevin Steele, got hired by Alabama. So Saban loses Bill O'Brien to the Patriots, and Pete Golding makes the the, the move to Ole Miss, kind of a lateral move, uh, but doesn't have to deal with Saban anymore, gets to hang out with the other former Saban lackey, and is going to get paid $2 million. He replaces him with Tommy Reese from Notre Dame and uh, and also Kevin Steele, who – the the Tommy Reese thing, I'm not as like he 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 was quarterback at Notre Dame. He'd done a okay job there. I you know I don't see it as much, but he also had I think some limitations in quarterback play there where they you know they deal with injuries. So I think he's fine. Um, all things considered, the Kevin Steele one though, Alabama fans are very mad because Kevin Steele, Kevin Steele was Saban's first defensive coordinator back in 2007. The dude has been, this is his third stint at Alabama. Uh, he's best known as interim coach uh, 100 because he he was the one that I think he got paid to be the interim at Tennessee without ever actually being the interim coach at Tennessee. It was either that or Auburn. I know he got to be the interim at both places uh, where he just got huge checks to do basically no work. So uh, Kevin Steele. Still catching checks. I didn't realize he was at Miami last year, but Saban was like, you know what? I know you. I know you're going to do what I want you to do, so uh, come on on board. Has Miami made any any hires? I don't think they have not. No, I don't I don't think so. I don't think so. They're still reeling from Jaden Rashada. I, I, I just – anytime the coaching carousel with coordinators, I just I, – I get nervous, Roush. Oh, yeah, yeah, especially at Bama um, because you would have felt like Brad White would have been a guy that they definitely would have knocked on his door to see uh, what his interest is. Um, but I do love, though, that, like, there's the people – like, like there was a, very much a community of people that were predicting Tom Brady's downfall for, like, 10 years because it was just going to happen inevitably. So they were trying to get in front of it and be the first ones. I think folks are trying to do the same with Nick Saban. and these. The last rounds of coordinator hires have, you know, the there's there's blood in the water. The sharks are are are, are ready to attack. So, uh, you know, maybe they're a little vulnerable um, when uh, they come to Kroger Field this fall. Might be a good time to catch the Crimson Tide. No, they're going down, and they're going down in a big way at the Krogue. Uh, not really the segue I was planning on, but. Uh, well, well, we'll save it. We'll save it for the next segment. We'll get over to the Thornton's text line, 502. We got to read some text. 502-414-1450. Thornton's texter, is going back to last week, said, would feel pretty quick to bail on KT or Chin, but after the stuff that leaked in that Kyle Tucker article earlier this season, I would understand it. I, I would agree that it would feel pretty quick too, but it also, I, I don't know. I just get the feeling that you're probably going to have some sort of change with the coaching staff. I don't know who it'll be, but I, what what's the deal with you, Liz? I don't think you'd be bringing Rondo in to be like a, a third full-time assistant, assistant if that does happen, which I'm in the – I had a couple people ask me about that over the weekend as well about Rajon Rondo. I'll believe it when I see it, but I, I wouldn't doubt that it's – you know, I don't doubt Jack Pilgrim's – that the plan is to do that or they're working towards that potentially – but if they did do it, you would think that it would probably be – he wouldn't be one of the top three assistants. No, yeah, be, he would be the uh, student assistant. Yeah, be a stu- just get GA your feet wet, assistant. see how it goes, and then if you want to end up doing something with it, you'll have an idea. 
of how the sausage is made sort of sort of stuff yeah uh, and but but would you list be ready for the third assistant um i don't know it does feel like something's going to change after this year but i don't know exactly what it'll be the thing is i don't know if they have to do that right away like Ulysses is still like he's gonna th- those jobs feel like two-year jobs uh, GA stuff like that, which has actually got me curious about CJ Conrad because he's on year. I think he just finished his third year as a GA, and typically, like you know, those those just aren't. You're there two or three years, then you move on to you. You get your big boy job. Um, so that that's kind of what I would be thinking with both Ulysses and Rondo, and the other part with Rondo too. Like, I feel like there's not a, a lot of friction initially, but then at some point there's just a breaking point where whatever team he goes to or whatever he does. And so, you know, you got to – that's part of the process is just like, okay, do your thing, Rondo, but you got to – let's be consistent with it before we're going to give you too much responsibility. Yeah, and that's that's why you'd probably want him in one of those little grad roles – um, and most likely that'd be the case if it does happen, but I'll believe it when I see it. But yeah, we, we got a lot of question marks going into this off season, but that's the norm with UK basketball. Another texture says Scooch loves the prison industrial complex. I don't understand. You're not familiar with the prison industrial complex. I, I mean, I just don't know what the text is referring to. Some people think that we there's too much policing, too many people are in jail, and by you watching these shows, you're supporting that. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's absolutely too many people in jail. Some would say that there's not enough people in jail. Scoots, what would you say to that? Uh, actually, I could, I could agree with that. If we, if we trade all like the weed offenses for others, yeah, then, then yeah, maybe. Do you think not enough people in jail, an appropriate amount of people in jail, or more... Too many people are in jail. I Not enough, right amount. Too many too is many. my answer. Too many. All right, there you go, Texter. Too many. So take Scoots that. Scoots does not love in prison industrial complex. Yeah. Just doing the UI test. <laughs> I like Jacob Toppin, but if his name was Jacob Smith, we would have never looked at him. That person later comes mm. back and says uh, my, that text aged poorly and they, they – they admitted that that text came at a bad time. They texted this before the game on Saturday. Uh, I think there's probably truth to that, though, that like part of the reason you brought in Toppin when you did, which he's been in the program now for several seasons, was look at his brother, look at the pedigree. He can become this. And no, he has not become Opie Toppin, but he has gotten better. And when he wants to be aggressive, he can be so good. Uh, knock down a three, Roush, which, like, you know, take your open outside shots. It can be so great for this team. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with this text, though, although it did age poorly and Toppin's really, really cooking. Part of the reason they did bring him in was because he was a Toppin. Toppin played pretty well, 17-10. and 10. Uh, And I think that now means Kentucky's record is 7-1 and one or 8-1 and one when he scores 15 points or more. Um, the one loss was that Gonzaga game. So Toppin's playing well. Uh, the cats are, the cats are winning. Justin, what happened? This must've been a coordinated texting effort. We got two of them at the same time. Yeah, I saw that from different numbers though. 
Justin, what happened to the Buffalo Bill rejoin? Amazing content. JK47, bring back Buffalo Bill rejoin. That ish was fire. So that means two people texted each other and they said, hey, why don't you text it into the Thornton's text line and bring up that Buffalo Bill rejoin to see if you can do get get Scoots to play it again. That so Scoots people people wanted to hear it again. Well, that is just the the most random drop that we've had. Um, so fun fact, I actually TJ and Nick both axed that the first time I played it. You all were like, "Oh, this is that's not very good. You should retire it." So I've actually retired it, but I've still got it. Maybe I'll pull it out one day this week. They're probably just saying it because we told you to retire it. Yeah. <laughs> That that would be my guess. Another texture says, Scoots, watching live here, but it looked like that kid blew out his ACL. And also, Trace just tell Woodson not to do that crap, and his teammates tell Woodson to take his butt out, meaning take Trace out. Uh, I cannot confirm or deny. I don't really understand what the text is saying. So Trace I mean, at one point... the game, did you? So, so Trace at one point told Woodson to not do that crap, and then... One of the Indiana teammates said to tra- take Trace out? That's what the text says, buddy. That I doesn't make any it. sense. Why would anybody on Indiana's team say, ah, oh, take Trace out? We don't need him. Well, maybe he wasn't getting it done. Did you watch the game? No, uh, he got it done. He got it done, Roush. Did you watch the game? No, I listened to it. I told you that in segment one if you were listening. I know. Well, I thought <laughs> if it was such a big game worth court storming, I thought you'd be rewatching it on a loop. I, I do I do want to rewatch it, but I I didn't get to that yesterday. Maybe you'd respond to the texter and say, hey, I listened to the game. I mentioned that on hour one, so I didn't see those things if it did happen instead of being such a smart butt about everything. Yeah, yeah. Just, it just doesn't make sense, though. I mean, why, I mean, it, I mean it makes sense. Makes makes perfect sense. He's asking you, did you see that, and is that what happened? I didn't see that. Can't confirm or deny that that's what happened, but if, if that is what happened, it just doesn't make sense because I, I don't know why you take Trace out of the game. Because he was being uh, 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 sassy for us. That's Trace. Could he have been tired? Could maybe he no, got fatigued? That man don't get tired. Are you kidding me? You, kidding you're me? taking on like this John Spears grumpy, mean persona, <laughs> and it just doesn't hit with you. Like it, you just come off as nasty. Like there's well, a level Sco- of is destined to be a grumpy old man, though. Uh, there's a, oh, there's like God, a level yeah. of quality when Spears does it, where you're like, oh man, because he is an old man. But you, it's just, I don't know, it's ugly. It's an, <laughs> it's an ugly look. I, I mean, like I, I just don't know what to say. Like, don't, you don't take Trace out of the game. I don't, I don't know. I mean, Sorry, I didn't see it. I didn't see a texter. Listen to the game on the radio. My fault. I'll, I'll do better in the future. <laughs> texter says, Scoots, Indiana should feel ashamed for rushing the court. Just sad. Not really blue blood behavior. Totally agree with that text. Because we're not a blue blood. <laughs> you heard it here first. Not, not a blue blood. Uh, texter says, I sent a text a year ago asking who the better player was, Trace Jackson Davis or Armando Bacot. All three of you said Bacot. Who do you all think is better this season? Well, Trace Jackson Davis is having a, a better season this season. Yeah, but did Trace Jackson Davis kill Coach K? No, Armando Bacot did. So he's much better and will for always be better than Trace Jackson Davis. Disagree. Duke got the revenge on UNC. Mm-hmm. Uh, even's even now. <laughs> Texter says, "I sent a te- or uh, Oscar throwing his hands up after every defensive breakdown and missed shot. He has is getting old. He's done it at least six, seven times so far in the first half. Yeah. It's getting very old. He's got to quit that. I mean, what do you yeah. like? Just stop. Yeah. 
and you know the coaches and stuff are talking to him about that stuff as well. Like, I mean, you know that to. they're like, hey, I'll just play. Like, it's okay. Just play. And he can't even help himself. Yeah, and I don't – it's – like, the more you – like, there – the more you do it, the less effective it is, too. Like, yes. it, yeah, that, that, there's just no. That's that's how this works. If you continue to complain and moan and gripe, then they're just going to tune you out. It's a boy who cried wolf. And he does it too. He just does it too often. Like, I'm not a huge believer that every time he's doing it, it's like costing him on defense. But there are some times where it's like, her the play is going on. Get going. Like get moving. You know, get back to where you need to be. Stop worrying about not getting the call. Uh he doesn't get as many calls as you think sometimes somebody of his size and stature does get, but complaining and whining about it's not gonna not gonna get it done. Um and we need to talk we need we need to talk about the Oscar Sheway Tom Hart story. I think now would be a good time to take our last break. We'll come back, we'll get to this. If you didn't see this or hear about this i didn't hear it live but since it caught up to it you're gonna want to hear this segment weird 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 thing um not really sure what to make of it we'll come back we'll tell you about it we'll keep reading text into the thornton sex line one final segment kentucky roll call coming up Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Have you ever tried Rudy's? Pretty cool sports bar. It's like Buffalo Bills themed and had some damn good wings. I've not been to Rudy's, but I've driven past it a ton. My friend's a Buffalo Bills fan, and he'd go there quite a bit and said it was good. And I don't know why when I've read Buffalo Bills, I I was thinking of like like a character, like Buffalo Bill. Not oh, the football team. Buff- was he Buffalo Bill or Buffalo Bob? Uh, Buffalo Bob, too. Wasn't he? <laughs> right? I was like, thinking, yeah. like when they said Buffalo Bills theme, I thought it would just be like a Western. <laughs> like It was like a Western theme, not the sport. Oh, I was just thinking of the dude from, from uh, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, that too. Once again, they call me Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill. Skin him up, him him, so I'm up in those kilts. Up in those kilts. Up in those kilts. Got to give the people what they want, Rouse. I mean, that's just, I mean, even the song, the song is so awkward. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's really awkward. I've, and also, I've never heard that song until the show. <laughs> Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call, one final segment on your Monday show. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen. Oh. <sighs> One awkward rejoin to one awkward story. Tom Tom Hart, during the broadcast on Saturday, shared this nugget of news that pretty wild that we had not heard about this. Uh, It had been nearly a year, but go ahead and take a listen. It's about a minute long. Listen to the story Tom Hart shares about Oscar Sheboy. His faith daily, and he, he talks to God daily. Now, going into the postseason last year, he had a premonition before the NCAA tournament, and the premonition was God spoke to him and said, "There's going to be a tragedy with your team." He was so aware of that that he refused initially to get on the plane to Indianapolis. He told the coaches, "I can't get on that jet." Eventually, and he 
even offered to take the bus. Eventually, they calmed him down. They said, you get on the plane. Everything's going to be just fine. And once everything was fine from a traveling perspective, he realized that the message God was supposed to, was giving him wasn't about travel and some great tragedy in the air. The tragedy was what would happen on the basketball court and that he would be the lone survivor in that situation. Now, of course, he went for 30 and 16 against St. Peter's. He said, I tried to tell my teammates, God is telling me this is a dangerous situation. We need to pray to him and find answers. They didn't find it that day, but he's one that lives that daily. So much so saying that, you know, God has asked me to pray for John Calipari, and I tell him, and sometimes he just kind of waves me off. <laughs> there you have it. That, um, that's something. How do I mean? How do we not know about that? So, like I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it, Roush. On the one hand, I've always wondered. Like it comes off as loony. There's no other really word to describe it. It comes off as loony when you're the guy that's like I. Any I, any person that has like a sort of like they can see the future because of really any reason, whether it's yeah. religious or not, is just it just comes off as weird and bizarre. Especially when, like, it, it, it's like your predetermined fate. It's like, no, it's not. You can just play better. I, I could see how that could be a, you could play it off cool that, like, you're trying to warn your teammates to, like, take this seriously. But I don't know if, like, I, I think they might lose a little respect for you if you're, if you're that adamant that you're willing to take a bus to Indy. Which isn't the worst thing in the world, but like if you think the whole team's gonna die in a plane wreck, like that's just oh, it's bizarre, bizarre. It, the awkward thing about those premonitions and saying them publicly is that like when the when the plane lands, you are you just like oh, well, I was I was I was wrong. Like you know, it, it's so tough to come back from in some instances. Now. The but the real and, and I'm glad you mentioned like religion and other things because the people that are like these crystals tell me that I'm gonna have a bad day. Uh, the moon is in a position where people are going to be nice to me this coming week. Like when you say that stuff out loud, you are opening yourself up to a little scrutiny. Same with Oscar Sheway. But the reason, Roush, I don't ever want to be that like hard on people is because like what if it happened to you? What if what if like I don't think it would. But like, what if it did happen to you where you just were walking down the street, something happened and was telling you that your instinct or was don't do this or don't, you know, make sure people know about that. How would you handle it? And I don't know what the right answer is. I think a lot of people would just be like, I would keep it to myself and go on with my day and realize it was just a gut, like a, a bad gut instinct or I was just having a bad feeling about something. Um, or do you feel like it's do you need to have the need to 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 tell people about it? Oscar did feel the need to tell people about it, apparently. Again, this is all news to us. Thankfully, no major tragedy happened. The interesting part, though, is that like his, his reasoning and rationale, like UK did lose to St. Peter's. It was the worst tournament loss in UK basketball history. It was a tragedy to that basketball team. Although it is just weird to take the stretch of being like, plane didn't crash everybody's still alive but we did lose a tournament game so it wasn't all good like it is just weird to make that spin but it's also weird that like he was so bent out of shape all of a sudden all randomly 
and then UK did have its worst tournament loss ever. I don't know. All of it's weird. All of it's weird. It's worth bringing up. It's worth talking about. Uh, On the one hand, like, yeah, that's a little nutty. On the flip side, like something wild did happen that weekend. It just Mm -hmm. wasn't a plane. It just wasn't a plane crash. Thank goodness. Man, and you wonder too how much that could still potentially be messing with Oscar. Maybe messing with me. Well, also, you know, he would feel like you would receive a little bit of affirmation from it, right? You can't help but laugh when, like, you make the comparisons of, like, it's going to be a plane crash and I'm going to be the only survivor. Turns out it was just a basketball game that we lost and I was the only player that played well. (laughs) Like, like, that is silly. I mean, it, it is just silly when you say it out loud. That being said, though, it's not nothing either. It reminds yeah. me of the That's So Raven episode, like where you saw something. <laughs> Scoots, you were that So Raven fan, weren't you? Oh, gosh, yeah. Still am. That's so Raven. It's am. the future I can see. When's the last time you watched That's So Raven? Oh, I just meant I'm a big fan of Raven Simone, not the show. Oh, I thought you were still like watching replay. Like, <laughs> no, the live sir. PD's over. No, Let's sir. put on a 2006 episode <laughs> of That's So Raven. Scoots is tight. Oh, yeah. It, right it, up my it, alley. <laughs> If you're not familiar with that, so Raven, uh, she could predict the future, see the future, but her 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 visions were always they weren't what meets the eye. So she yeah, it was that. basically there would be a here's the result, but she would mistake the process to get there. Exactly. So that that's where all the shenanigans would ensue. Fun fun premise for a show. Like she'd see her dad crying over a mound of dirt and be like, wow, there's a death in the family. And it turns out that like, you know, his cabbage would have been spoiled. He was out in the garden or something like yeah, that. Yeah. You know, yeah. that, that's always... a little bit more morbid than it would go. But yes, essentially it usually had something to do with like a big spill at the high school that was so embarrassing and yeah. she just couldn't handle it. Exactly. And that's kind of what Oscar did that this like, you know, saw vision turned out to be something completely different but he also did foresee something bad i don't know it's a weird story i think it is just a reminder that and i'm not i'm not saying this as a negative it is just as a reminder oscar's a different dude and it's not a different dude strictly because of his religion he also just comes from a different country you know he's got a whole different culture different lifestyle not saying it's a negative but he is just he's a different dude and you, I'm sure there's probably more stories, not necessarily, I'm not saying that he has visions left and right. I have no idea. I don't even know about this one. But I do feel like someday we'll hear stories about like just kind of him being a little different. Um, this, is, this is one of those stories. Again, not being di- nothing wrong with being different. Uh, but I think you, you, there's more of that to be heard, Roush. Yeah, yeah, it... Oh, I just, I I just hope that there isn't like, at the end of the day, you don't want it to distract from his game, his relationship with his teammates, and I, I there is a worry that like th- th- that could create some strain between him and his teammates, and it's mostly just by the way like he's acted this year. Where like sometimes it sounds like he's kind of taking shots at him, but it's like, yeah, but Oscar, you're not perfect either. Um, but at the same time, he's also kind of propping them up. Like uh, in his interview the other day, he was talking about like, 
yeah, I want Damian to play more. Like we, we, when these guys are playing well, let's let them play more. So, um, that, yeah, still just, uh, also the way that that story, cause it was kind of at the end of a TV town, like there was a stop in action. So like Tom Hart is staring at you while delivering the story. And it just, I don't know. It just, it was, it's weird. weird. You also have to wonder like the people, you know, Tata Washington, Kellen Grady, those guys in Indy being like, so Maybe Oscar's vision is for the flight home. Like, you know, like you have to wonder if they're out there playing St. Peter's being like, also, am I going to die? Like, is, is our plane going to crash? Uh, it is, it, it's wild. And thankfully it wasn't, uh, it wasn't some terrible plane tragedy. Uh, they did lose St. Peter's, which was horrible, but on a, on a different level of tragedy, just a, a weird story that you're going to hear more about that, was just randomly thrown into the middle of the Kentucky and Florida game. Uh, but it, it, it was worth bringing it up on the show today. Getting back to the Thornton's text line, a texture says, uh, I sent, or we got that one. Kentucky is the only blue blood who doesn't benefit from a friendly home whistle. Uh, there hasn't really been just like the good old, the fixes in game for UK, like where the other team, it's really egregious in UK's favor. It normally does happen in other gyms, especially at IU, uh, but it hasn't happened in Kentucky this season. Maybe it means we're due. Maybe it'll be Tuesday night. I'm sorry. I, uh, I, I sometimes I on the Thorns text line, I I'm scrolling and I see some other texts. Really, just love people coming at Scoots. So it's, well, it's my favorite. Not paying part attention of the to show. the texters that we're reading. Real disservice to those folks. <laughs> A texter says, Oscar has won us too many games to count, but my goodness, if we lose this one, it's on him. He's been awful. Uh, I partially agree with that. He, he was, he was, I think, one of the worst players on the floor that at least played significant minutes. His rebounding, great, but, yeah, some of the other stuff really started to cost UK late in the game. Now, I didn't get to watch the game. Did any of that have to do with Castleton and the way he deed him up? Yes, a lot of it did. Okay, mm-hmm. that's, that's what I yeah. figured. Castleton's good. He's kind of the guy that type of type of player Oscar struggles with. Thing is, though, is he did play well against Castleton in their meetings last year, so it did feel kind of like a a one off. Yeah, Castleton played solid too, though. Yeah, so Castleton yeah. again played well tonight, and Oscar not so much. But you're right; he got the better of him twice last year. Nine of sixteen for twenty five points for Castleton. Not too shabby. Texter says. These lineups, the whole second half, have been straight-up whack. Oscar, even with all his accolades, should not have played as much as he has in the second half because he can't guard, period. They went on a 7-0 run to end the first half without him on the court and then proceeded not to try it again. Cal makes me want to tear my hair out, at least while I have some. Sorry, Roush. I was going to say, if you're going to have any issues with the lineups, I do think it needs to probably be more Oscar-centric. Right, so right. I'm, like, at least think you're Because right his logic applied to Reeves, but it didn't apply to Oscar. You know, it's just it's just tough to it's just tough to take Oscar out. It's the, you know it's tough to say like all right you know he's struggling he's not really helping us out but gosh he's getting all these rebounds at some point he can't miss all these shots he's got to get it going offensively at some point point. and then secondly he's a big body that while Castleton's good he's at least making him score over him which wasn't always the case where Collins you know Castle was just going to put his Castleton was just going to put a shoulder into him and score on him so. It was a tough dilemma for the coaches regarding Oscar. I don't think as much as it was as tough with Reeves. Um, so at least I think you're keeping your your criticism in the right context, Texter. 
in my opinion. What do we got next? Uh, another texture on the Thornton says, uh, says, I just don't agree with the lineup Cal to close the game out with. Go with Reeves over Wheeler. I think he had Wheeler in to break the press, but it's not like Reeves isn't a ball handler. Loves the Livingston for Collins sub, even though Florida did hit a three on the next play. Great win. Keep the streak going. Well, and I think that proves to Texture that, like, the perfect lineup doesn't always make the perfect play. I mean, sometimes dudes just. Yeah, and again, I you know, nine out of ten times, I'd want Reeves in over Wheeler as well, but Wheeler was doing some nice things. He was able to get in the rim. He, he had a nice, seemed to have a nice control in the game. Um, I like that Wallace was still able to kind of do what he needed to do, and Wheeler was kind of a second fiddle option in that regard. But it was working. It, it so I, I don't have an issue really with Reeves being on the bench on Saturday. Um, but it's a game to game thing. It, you know, it changes. You got to find the different recipes. We got to find out which works, and I, I think they did, even with the game getting a little tighter than it needed to be. Big Blue Beaver here. Great win by the Cats. So happy to see Collins play with energy and have success. If we can get those kind of minutes out of him and CJ starts running straight, we could really make some noise going forward. With all that being said, I have one question. Did Scoots pass his field sobriety test Friday night? Yeah, I didn't get an opportunity. Maybe next Friday, Big Blue Beaver. I hope so. That, that's a bummer thinking that you didn't get your, your chance to walk the line. I, I should have watched it on Saturday, too. I could have had more opportunities, but I had to go to bed. <laughs> had to go to bed <laughs> like when you fell asleep during the AFC championship game last uh, eight days ago <laughs> correct yeah yep and Kevin Hart I'm big on falling asleep a texture says TJ your high school friends asking for directions to random people and leaving mid-sentence it's so funny because it's so dumb and unnecessary that was really it it was just really mean rude and, and totally unnecessary i remember in high school we would drive around and one of my friends was so reckless he would literally drive his car into people's front yards and drive off leaving deep wheel marks still can't believe how absurd that was do you rem do you all do you have any more of these stories because i laughed pretty hard at that uh that's 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 not good though texture that's some <laughs> that's some damage that's yeah that's, that's property damage um the occasional like hitting a trash can that was out on the road, Roush. I don't think that was unusual. The but one uh, tearing one up my... yards, yeah, that 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 way we we wouldn't do that. The we would do the Christmas lights where you would kind of mess with them, like if they were uh, two of those oh, wow. wooden reindeer. They that we might have repositioned them in an inappropriate way. Real mature. Yeah, um, and. The inflatables got pretty popular when we were in middle school as well. And so we would like, we would tackle them like we were, uh, they, they were like tackling dummies. You, you all never smashed mailboxes, right? No. no okay, no, good. That just felt, I always it felt I'll, dangerous yeah, too. Yeah, like I always hated those hit, kids. If you hit it too, like you didn't hit it hard enough or like, yeah, it just wasn't eh, eh, not a good idea. I've lived in some neighborhoods where mailboxes have, have been hit. Uh, it does seem like it'd be fun to just like go down a road and have your head outside the car with like a baseball bat. That being said, like it's, it's very criminal. It, <laughs> like it's, it, it's, it definitely wouldn't be worth, uh, it wouldn't be fun to the point where it'd be worth paying all the damages and going to jail. It's fun until you hit, a mailbox that has already been hit a f few times and they put a cinder block in it. 
That yeah, happened, that happened to some of my buddies. I've heard of people doing that before. Uh, Scooch, you were a big mailbox smasher. No, I was not. But I had some some juvenile friends that were a little dumb back in the day, and th- they would do that. Oddly Tracker enough, said, they would Matt always... That guessing the... I was just going to say, oddly Go enough, ahead. they would always hit the same mailbox, so that's what led to the center block incident. I mean, yeah, why are you going, <laughs> going back to the well? They didn't like yeah. her. Texer compliments Matt Sack for guessing the exact score of the game and says it's pretty impressive. I, Way to go, Matt Sack. I, too, have to give out a shout-out to Sack. I, I DM'd him right before the game, and I was like, how's the atmosphere? Is it a covering minus four-and-a-half type of atmosphere? And he writes back quick, and he's like, I got the Cats by five. He didn't tell me a score, but he did say Cats by five. So, shout out Matt Sack. Went in me some money on Saturday. Way to go, Sack. Uh, big news in our little game. I said UK would win by four, and I had Wallace as the MVP. Yeah. Ooh. That's going to move me. That, that Our score is Scoots has eight points. He's been on eight for a while. Mm-hmm. I've got six, and Roush has five. Whew. So, some drama. Y'all are coming. Final. Uh, final, you know, several weeks, month and a half, hopefully, of the season. But watch out, Scoots. We're coming for you. No kidding. Getting nervous. You can't take Oscar every time anymore, can you? I, I, the next time I opt to go away from Oscar is when he'll have 37 and 24, just like last time. So I have to take him every game. All right. Your funeral, buddy. Uh, another texture says, Scoots, Indiana's the gift that keeps on giving, still rushing the court. Wonder when this 30 for 30 will come out. Shameful, pal. You should be embarrassed. <laughs> Not embarrassed. I didn't rush the I, court. I agree. You should be embarrassed. But I would have if I was there. I would have rushed it too. Suck it, I love the, uh, when, when, when's the 30 for 30? The, uh, it's great. Sure feels like a lot of negativity online after beating a good team for your sixth straight conference win. Guess I shouldn't be surprised by that. I, I don't know where they saw the negativity online. I didn't see it. There were people on, on House of Blue that were just making a mess in their diapers over UK winning a basketball game. Uh, there, there were there were a couple threads of, that UK didn't win by enough and that and that Cal was outcoached. Yeah, well. I mean, just the low, the lowest comment. I mean, just the absolute biggest goobers, I should say. A uh, texture says Arkansas is 29th in the net, so beating them will probably knock them out of quad one. Auburn is 30th in the net, and Kentucky is 31. And the net stuff will work itself out. Just win, just win. Yeah, um, yeah, I, exactly. The, the win matters more than splitting hairs between quads or whatever it might be. Yeah, you just need to beat this team. Who, I mean, that was their first true road win. They've struggled offensively all year long um, to just uh, find some sort of identity. So that 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 it's a game you should win tomorrow night. We'll break it down more tomorrow on KRC, but you should win tomorrow night. A texter says, "Would be nice if one of those two home games ends up being a quad one at the end of the season. Yeah, not impossible. It'll work itself out." Reading some of Todd Golden's post-game quotes, he sure comes off like a guy who wants you to know how smart he is. Oh, he's, he's there, an analytics guy. He's a huge analytics store. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, he can't you, – you can't be wrong if you are following the numbers. And I, I, I get that sense from him as well. Yeah. So, you know, like, he'd be the type of coach where even if he got scrutinized, he'd be like, well, the numbers say to do this. So, how you're, – you're wrong. The numbers are right. Um, but, you know, he, he's doing a fine job, I guess. Maybe on Tuesday we'll finally get a good home whistle. Uh, people were really freaking out over the clip that Big Boy Drew had with Colin Castleton's hook shot. And um, 
maybe he shuffled his feet beforehand, but if you have the one, you're using your right foot to move, you can pick up your, like, he, you can jump off of your pivot foot to shoot, and that's what he did. I thought it was a travel. He changes pivot feet multiple times in that clip. Um, I know what you're saying is correct, but I think there was movement. That's what I mean. Like, takes you, it yeah, you can argue that he shuffled his feet beforehand or whatever, but once they don't call that, it's it's cool if he just jumps off of the one foot. Yeah, he's crafty. He's a good player. Uh, Texter says, Florida has an elite perimeter defense and did everything they could to take Reeves away. CJ Case and Wheeler all played better. Not sure what's, not sure what's so hard for people to understand about the lineups. I kind of agree with that. And it's not even like Reeves was playing horribly, but you had a nice little, you had a nice thing going with those other three guards. I, I don't blame Cal for not wanting to to mix that up because it was working with the other people. I uh, honestly thought we played pretty good defense down the stretch. Florida just hit some big yeah. shots. Yeah, yeah, that three in particular. Um, but yeah, uh, all in all, pretty pretty solid, pretty solid effort by the Cats on Saturday night. Um, where else are we on the Thornton's text line? Surely I didn't hear the host of the postgame show say that Jamal Baker didn't get a long enough leash. You keep skipping the one that we're actually on, and you go to the next one that we're not on. <laughs> uh, not a big deal, but now you've done that twice. I'm getting, getting excited. Uh, Jamal Baker had a plenty long enough leash. A texter says, I love Cal and hope he doesn't leave, but I'm a little tired of him saying I should have played, fill in the name of the player more. It's a little frustrating because Cal has the ability to make those decisions in game, and after he says it, it doesn't really change in the next game. That That's the big uh, kicker for me is, like, this player should be playing more, and then he just doesn't play them more. That's that's the part that does get frustrating. I, I agree. Like, I, you know, you if, if you are saying that you shouldn't play him, the only person like you, and he knows that, I think he's just – He's trying to manage the locker room, say the right things is what I think that he's doing. But, yes, it can come off annoying for sure. I've missed KRC for a month. Justin sounds like Marvin the Martian had relations with Kermit the Frog and Charmin Bear. That is actually really hilarious because I was talking to a coworker yesterday at work how about how when people say I sound like something, it's always Kermit the Frog and Marvin the Martian. So, timely text there. But like, oh, there's three on, involved in here. What kind of mythical orgy are we talking? I've about? never, I've never heard Charmin Bear. I've heard Fix It Felix off Wreck It Ralph. I uh, Duke went with uh, my wife to Sam's yesterday, and he thought apparently thought it was hilarious about the the Charmin Bears on the toilet paper. I just <laughs> thought that was so funny. There's bears on toilet paper. What? Of course, Scooch only had two beers. That's almost the automatic number whenever someone gets asked. <laughs> When have I ever hid? You know, I mean, when have I ever hid from anything when it comes to drinking beer? If I had nine I mean, beers, I'd have no problem telling you I had nine beers. No problem. Yeah, but that, that, their point though is that that's your usual kind of yeah kind of go to standard. Cop ask if you've been drinking, and I've just had a couple drinks. <laughs> You're not on the show, Scoots. It's okay. You're just talking among friends. Truth. Only had two. Wow, Scoots, settle down already. Yeah, sorry. I was just fired up. I'm I'm so sick and tired of hearing about the court storming. Texture says, what about Gigi Jackson from USC going on Instagram Live and crushing the coaches and teammates for not getting the ball down the stretch? Uh, Yeah. Oh, that was pretty good. Uh, I saw that. What are you doing? Why aren't you giving him the ball, though? Like, seriously. He's a freshman. He's frustrated. USC stinks. Uh, uh, The only thing I care about is the fact they somehow beat UK. That's a really bad loss. 
Just now listening to Friday's show and Roush's story about throwing Skittles at a cop and evading and laying low in a neighborhood sounds like some high schoolers taking GTA to real life with that one star crime. (laughs) (laughs) We got John here. John here. Good Monday morning, everyone. Glad we got the victory. Castleton is and would have been a tough matchup no matter who was in the game. This lineup headache brought up by Cal and staff after every game is getting a little crazy. The lineup and playing time off the bench should have been figured out better by now at this point in the season. I believe Cal was referring that Oscar is playing too many minutes and that he might be struggling. But as a staff, they should have already been working on this a long time ago. You can't tell me three points and one rebound spark something in your brain. We'll got to go talk to you later. Uh, I mean, everything, it's, it's not black and white. Games change, situations change, players change as the season goes on. This is stuff you really can't have figured out up to this point, uh, but you can try your best. Uh, I, I really like this next text. Uh, Oscar is the red woman from Game of Thrones. Do with that what you will. Uh, this is from Kirby. <laughs> Kirby says, so the elephant in the room, did Oscar freak everyone out before the game where they were all worrying for their lives instead of playing the game? <laughs> I mean, it's a fair question. Like, it just, you know, at the end of the, it, it, the, I think all the players would probably say no, Kirby, but it's a fair question. The texture says, Scoot's second favorite show, Mailbox Smashing Live. <laughs> <laughs> Thorne's texture is really killing it today. These are great. A texter says, please talk Trevor out of going to the Super Bowl. It's a huge waste of money unless Rutherford pays way more than TJ and Nick. Um, you, you know, Trevor's going to do what he wants to do. I think he just needs to worry about getting healthy. Money is uh, is is worth it to what to each individual. It's different. Just it just needs to, needs to be healthy and continue to do his job. Uh, those things in that order. All right, we're out of time. We're going to preview Kentucky versus the Hogs tomorrow. Uh, we'll re- get more text sent in on the Thornton's text line. We did a good job rushing to finish it. So be yeah. back 7 a.m. tomorrow. Y'all, y'all really made me laugh today. Great job, Texters. A lot of good stuff. This is KRC. I'm Big X. TJ Walker, oh, Big Roush, and Justin Kalen. We'll see you on Tuesday. And he says.